Hello and welcome to the 4 Comic Junkies podcast, when the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I am your host, JJ Hodges, and with me today is a good friend of mine, Adam Rossi. Say hi, Adam. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Oh, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, my name is Adam Jeffrey Rossi. I am 25. Actually, I'm going to be 26 in a couple months here, oh, so... Wow. Getting up there. Uh, at least my receding hairline reminds me of that every year. Uh, <laughs> but I went to Point Park University, got my degree in acting, and also studied a bunch of directing as well. Uh, so I'm a huge theater fan. I do theater around Erie, Pennsylvania. I also work in the restaurant business, as is common with actors. Yeah. Um, when you say you're an actor, we automatically assume exactly you're, either, right, right. you're either a barista or a, yeah. <laughs> or a, um, a waiter. But I also love comics, love superheroes, um, super into them when I was a kid. I have a very vivid memory of it when I was younger. The Erie Times News released uh, a Spider-Man comic like once a week. Oh. And I saved up like a bunch of them to get through them all. So oh, I haven't awesome. re- uh, read a, a lot recently just because – you know, Time. life gets crazy. Sure. But uh, especially with the surgeons of Marvel and, and things like that, I really, really wanted to get back to reading some more comics because they're just so good. Yeah. it, And and that's what I wanted to talk about today, you know, just how much there's so many, you know, and that's really what this podcast is all about. There's so yeah. many themes going through different comics and different stories. And it's really, uh, you know, there's something for everybody is what I always like to say. Um, so... So uh, the thing with Adam is that uh, I saw Adam perform a play called I Am Hamlet over the summer. And now, fun fact, Adam, I don't know if you know this, but oh, I here we go. I actually auditioned for that. Oh, really? And I See, di- I did not know. And I didn't get it because you got it. But, but my th- <laughs> <laughs> So that's why I brought you I here. I brought you here. <laughs> to punish you. Uh, that's very comic book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what the whole thing's about. This sounds very, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mysterio, sorry, this is gonna be terrible. Who played Mysterio in the Jake Gyllenhaal? It feels very Jake Gyllenhaal in, yeah. in, in Spider Man Two. <laughs> <laughs> like, I will take you for everything you've done, Tony Stark, <laughs> even though you're dead. Well, he's, well yeah. So. Sorry, can we do spoilers on this? Bad yeah, well, I mean, the movie's been out for a while. I made a billion dollars. I was gonna say if you haven't, if it's the highest grossing film of all time, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, that's a little upsetting. Yeah, but also it's like you know you're listening to a comic book podcast. That's so fair. You should come here with some information, some some sort of knowledge. That's awesome. Um, but uh, but no, but my thing uh, is always if if I don't get the part, as long as the actor that gets the part is good. Or better than me, that's, then, then I'm cool with it. That's fair. You don't want to show up and be like, wow, that was terrible. <laughs> right. And and I also did have a bad audition. I would have okay. been surprised if I had gotten it. That's but, actually funny because I felt like I had a very good audition. So, so. so I, I left there going, you know what? If I get it, I'll be shocked because that was not well, good. And I <laughs> See, I, I didn't have a ton of uh, – what is the word I'm looking for? I, like I didn't plan to audition for that until like a couple days before mm-hmm. I saw and noticed it, my – my buddy Josh Lapping, who I live with, yeah, he did say he was like, "Hey, you should check this out. I've done Shakespeare in the Park before." Yeah, and so I looked at it and I was like, "One Man Hamlet, that looks really cool." And I read up on the play and I was like, "I really want to do this play." And I didn't know how many people would audition. I I, I don't know who who else auditioned. You know, obviously, it doesn't really matter now, right? But but, but seeing you perform it, you know, reminded me first of all how much I you know I love Hamlet. Yeah, it's a 
very great play, obviously. It's a tough character. It, it is. And but your performance, like I'm glad you got it over me because that would have more work than I wanted to do. Yeah, I it <laughs> I it still haunts. I I'm not even kidding. I was not joking. Uh-huh. I wake up sometimes in the middle of the night reciting lines from I Am Hamlet. Oh, that's it's funny. Just, it's awesome. I mean, I'm, we're going to do I believe I'm doing it again in February. I, I still have nightmares from high school, <laughs> like that I forgot my lines or I, I'm not in costume or I'm late to the show. Were you in Hamlet or are you just saying in No, in just general? in general. <laughs> um, um, I did a couple Shakespeare in, in okay. high school, but okay. uh, but just in general. Um, See, it's cool. I wish I would have had that opportunity to do Shakespeare in high school. We never really – I mean, we read it in class, but yeah, never did. I didn't do any Shakespeare until my – my freshman year at Point Park, there for one of the May shows they do, they were they did Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh yeah, and that was the first time I ever did anything Shakespeare was auditioning for the part. Oh wow, and that was it. I mean, like, and then I obviously I took a full year of it mm-hmm. in in college, so I've studied it. But it's it's very uh, what I always like to say is like you know is it hard to learn Shakespeare? It's like I feel like it's like learning another language. Uh, you know, that's the way I described it. In one way, yes, but in another way, consider it, it depends on if it's an iambic pentameter or if it's just prose. Because the reality is, if it's written in iambic, it's almost like listening to a song. Yeah, you can memorize it, it. You memorize it because there's a beat to it. Right. And and I because well, it's ironic that I did I am Hamlet that I've still never done a full Shakespeare play ever in my life. Oh, really? Um, because I I am Hamlet is a little bit of both. And, it's yeah. But the, what was helpful about that is that I am Hamlet. Ninety percent of the Shakespeare lines in the show mm-hmm. are in iambic pentameter, so I was able to memorize it better. Yeah, and I, see, it's just it's fascinating that you know they say first of all Shakespeare is just brilliant. Whether right. it was actually a guy or a girl or three girls, sometimes they say that they think three women wrote come up with the Shakespeare. I've heard so many conspiracy, <laughs> but regardless, theories, yeah. whoever wrote it is yeah. brilliant. Yeah, because just and, and just delving into it that deep is amazing and mm-hmm. i guess that you know there's a lot of comics that are that way too but i mean yeah. like i said i have hamlet was just really really it, i mean it was tough playing you know 10 characters but sometimes essentially yeah <laughs> but it was fun it was a good time i i will definitely do that i mean i'm doing it again in february but i'll definitely do it again down the line in my life awesome yeah. Um, I'll I'll definitely have to check it out again because it was it was really great to watch. Well, I appreciate that. And and watching it with you, or w- w- you doing it, I sat there thinking, wow, this this reminds me of season one of Arrow. Yeah, like it's and I just and it kind of just flooded back to me. And how interesting is it that most there are a lot of comics that are very Shakespearean in nature. Yeah, you know, where you have some sort of family betrayal or you know. Uh, you know, brothers that are, you know, lifting you up or tearing you down or witches somewhere around that way. But Arrow in particular, you know, and, and a lot of people go, oh, it's very much based on the Dark Knight movies. And obviously that's where they got their tone from and what yeah. they wanted to do, especially in season one. But, you know, um, I I sat there going, you know, well, look at, you know, look at it. It's, you know, you have the exiled son who comes home with mm-hmm. a revenge mission you know the the uncle that from killed, his father, no right? Doubt. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, the fa- the uncle that killed the father. Uh-huh. You know the the not so innocent mother and all that. You know, kind yeah. of the, the goofy best friend. You know, um, Deathstroke is in it. Uh, <laughs> he's not. He's not in Shakespeare. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like you have the, the Deathstroke is <laughs> the only one you name by name. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but you know, and, and they I mean, they live in a castle for crying out loud. You know, oh, and, basically, and it's. 
and I, so I was wondering, you know, you, you being kind of a theater buff and a comic book fan, you know, we talked about Arrow a little bit before. Um, did you kind of, did you ever pick up on that, that, wow, this is a little Shakespearean? So it's, it's just funny because they talk about Shakespeare being universal and mm-hmm. it's just the most universal material ever. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it bleeds into not just comic, but literally everything that you see today. Fiction, like, yeah. Er, all sorts of, you know, film, television, literature it's all it's all influenced by that but you're absolutely right i mean i i think that that the themes are so intense at times so so it's hard in a way but i i think that absolutely i mean i've only seen i don't think i finished season one of arrow but Mm -hmm. i i I watched the majority of it it's one of my one of my best friends from college uh it's his favorite super arrow arrow's his favorite superhero oh yeah but um he his name, his name's not Arrow, but <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Arrow, the Green Arrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, not Oliver. Uh, but you know, it's one of his favorite superheroes. So I started watching it. I don't. Does it get better for after the first season? Oh yeah. Okay, because I was watching the first season, and I think the dialogue is kind of it, hard to get through at times. It, it's it does suffer from kind of quote unquote first season problems. Okay. Well but here's here's the thing and this relates back to the to the topic. Sorry, I get off topic really easily. Um <laughs> but the idea that that when I was watching this first season, my thought was okay, the dialogue's not that great, but the themes are awesome. Yeah. Like what they're working with and what he's doing is really cool. Yeah. It's just sometimes when they start talking, I'm like, why Normal people don't talk like that, guys. Yeah. Come on. But you're right. I mean, the, just the idea of this redemption arc and this revenge story, but only really starting to feel like he needs revenge once he realizes some stuff going down with his dad right. and and things like that is really, really eminent in in that in that show, and of course, in Hamlet as well. Yeah. And it's it, and that's one of the things that's. I mean, it's it's right there in the pilot that. The quote unquote in, in Hamlet it's a literal ghost, whereas yeah. in Arrow it's it's a more metaphysical or metaphorical ghost right. of his father saying, you know, come home and right my wrongs. Right. And where in, in Hamlet it's it's obviously much more straightforward saying, you know, your uncle killed me and you have to kill him now. Uh, right. And where Arrow it's like, you know, there's there's literally a list of people. So they're basically giving you the episode list. <laughs> right, saying, right. Yeah, these people are bad. Uh, I mean, they stray from that, obviously, because otherwise it would be silly to every episode. We'd be like, oh, come on. But um, I don't think I got out of that. I think that because isn't the whole first season that? Most most of it. But there are a few times when. How many episodes were the first season? 23. Okay. Well, then I definitely did not get I think yeah. I got past 10 or something. Yeah. It, and I was <laughs> it's, and it, it, it is. It's just one of those where, you know, I, I don't know, when it, especially when it comes to DC stuff, um, well, and Marvel too, I, I can be extremely forgiving and I'll just be like, I, yeah. I'll stick it out. And I think that I do – well, actually, that's funny you bring that up because I think people would be that way with Shakespeare too mm-hmm. because it's because there are some themes that and some things that are so intense that I'm not sure um, – would really fly if they were written today. <laughs> Wait, but you know the the other show that was performed uh, this summer, um, the Shrewd uh, Project. Yeah, the Shrewd Project. Uh, so based off the Taming of the Shrew. And I thought that the girls that that did it, they did such a great job of adapting it for a more modern hashtag Me Too era. But here's the thing about Taming of the Shrew. Okay, so if you guys are Shakespeare fans or you're not. 
look for sort of look up Taming of the Shrew if you're not and read up a little bit about it. Yeah. If you know about it, you know it's probably one of the most misogynistic plays written. Absolutely. But if you look at it, and I had talked with Jenna Selecki about this. She's the one who directed it. Yeah. We had a chat about it. And there's almost – if you read it – so I, for those of you who don't know what iambic pentameter is, it's just sort of the rhythm and the heartbeat of, mm-hmm. of the writing. So the, the, the poetry, it's like to be or not to be, that is the question. Yeah. So – and then at the end of that line, it breaks the iambic and they say that Shakespeare, when he breaks iambic pentameter, is trying to show you something. Like something's up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an emotion happening there. Right. But if you read a lot of the scenes between Kate and Petruchio mm-hmm. in Taming of the Shrew, their iambics finish each other. Oh, so she'll talk and he'll finish it, and it, and it only happens in the scenes where other people are there, because huh. there's never a scene really where people aren't watching what's happening between the two of them. Right. So Jenna has this theory, and I really am about it that they're kind of in on it together. Yeah. And that they're just doing this all to make people think that he tamed her just so he can get the money and they can run off together, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. I like that idea. I mean, I, I know that that's not really the point of what they did and, and all these things because their message was very powerful too. But yes, it was. again, like I said, I, I think that that is – a reason why Shakespeare is universal because it, it's open for all sorts of interpretation and it's a reason why comic books become so universal because, you know, how many different types of storylines have gone through, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And people don't question it. They're like, it's just a multiverse. There's different versions of it or pe- they're just rebooting it and people accept that and they're fine with that because yeah. the, these characters are so beloved and I think that that's at the core of Shakespeare and of the comic book verse sort of sort – of, uh, so to speak, because these characters are so rich and complex and beautiful that you will do whatever just to r- read about or see about them and, and what they do. And one of the one of the more powerful themes throughout the first season of Arrow, you know, um, is definitely the the Robin Hood side of it, which Green Arrow yeah. is based on Robin Hood. And that's literally what he's doing with his father's yeah. mission. He steals from the rich to give back to the poor. Yep. Um, and that's and so when people say, oh, it's not true to Green Arrow, I tell them they're absolutely wrong. It's well, 100% true. <laughs> it's based off. <laughs> right. But, it, you know, but everybody, you know, there is a lot of criticisms that it was too much like the Dark Knight movies. And I definitely see that. Obviously, they went for that grounded, quote unquote, realistic tone. I just think I just think it's weird that people would say that when it's the like the Dark Knight trilogy is one of the most popular of all time, film trilogies of all time, let alone comic superhero of all time. And people are like, "Ooh, it's too much." Like this, like why too much of a thing that you loved? Yeah, and but (laughs) but you know, and the great thing about Arrow was that it was able to kind of whereas you know Christopher Nolan, Christian Bale, they only had three movies to tell the Bruce Wayne story. You know, now we're in season eight of Arrow. I mean, they did a great job. But. <laughs> oh, they oh they did. Um, and now we're in season eight, which is the last season of Arrow. Yeah. And they've had this time to really stretch out Oliver's arc. And so, do you think? So, you think that these last couple seasons have been some of the best? The season season one, two, and five have been my favorite, actually. Okay. Be, they because they I think stayed truest to the the original story okay you know the kind of and and there are parts of six and seven that i really enjoyed okay um but uh you know it was funny because when they started the show i was very much like i love this i love the realistic tone and yeah. you know and the grittiness of it um i i i like darker stuff you know yeah. um but 
I do kind of miss the comic book stuff. I do miss it being okay. a little bit more fun. And then bringing well, in like the Flash was awesome. Well, and the reality is that's why Marvel has been so successful is because they have found a perfect balance between the seriousness but also the comedic side of these heroes because most superheroes are very quippy. Yeah. <laughs> They're it, very well, the, good at those sort of things. Well, this is what I always say about the fir- the first Iron Man movie, you know, yeah. uh, is that that movie would not have worked if it wasn't Robert Downey Jr. I agree. It, it, I agree. He found a way to make – I mean, Tony Stark is a total jerk. And well, Did he, you hear the story about what Stanley said when he – Wrote, yeah, he was based off Howard Hughes. Well, well, not even that. That they said that that uh, he wrote Iron Man because he wanted to challenge himself to write a character that nobody could possibly yes, like and yeah. make everybody love him still. Yeah, and he did. I mean, and obviously there's cheating involved because obviously nobody likes who Tony Stark was. Right. They all love who he becomes. Although even when he's an asshole at the beginning of it, sorry, I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. We don't normally, but I'm sorry. we'll let that one slide. We'll beep it. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> And though normally he's a jerk from the start, you still kind of like that about right. him because he does it so cool. But well, that you know, and that's Robert Downey Jr. being so charming, and he kind of maintains that throughout the what is it, a twelve or thirteen movies he's in. Yeah, I mean, Iron Man one, two, three, so. Avengers one, two, Spider Man, uh, and then you have you Civil War, and. Avengers three and four, Infinity War, End Game. Were there any other ones that he was in? Uh, I mean, he technically had a post credit scene in the the Hulk. The so first if we Hulk. count post credit scenes, like ten, but it, if not, it's like nine solid films. That he yeah. has a character, in. right? But and, I mean, yeah, he. Oof, what are they talking about? An iconic character. Yeah, and you know, and that's, and you know, and that's another one that's very. So many of these characters are just so, especially the heroes, are so driven by this like a weird need to live up to their father's legacy, you know, which well, I'm a, it's just a thing in the male. Part of the <laughs> I, 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 well, true, but you know, it's, it's obviously very prevalent in these stories and, you know, arrow and basically every Shakespearean character ever. Yeah. Hamlet is definitely all about that. Um, and, uh, you know, arrow is pretty much all about that. Um, to the point where, you know, some, when these characters have children of their own, like yeah. in later seasons, Oliver has a child. Oh, spoiler. I haven't seen uh, that. Well, you know, it's been out. <laughs> 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 but, you know, but in, you know, in Avengers Endgame, you know, Stark has a child. Right. So, right. It's, so it's the, okay, here's where I came from. Yeah. What, what am I going to leave behind? And, and that's interesting because I think that st- it's interesting because in my experience with Shakespeare, a lot of Shakespearean characters aren't that way in a, because I don't think Hamlet's worried about his legacy. No, not at all. Hamlet's <laughs> worried about the revenge. Yeah, he's worried you know what about I mean? that. Yeah. And then in the end, something that you know I got to explore with the play of I Am Hamlet is sort of the remorse he feels for his, you know, whatever it takes mentality. Mm-hmm. Not to you know play off of the end game tag, but right. again, legitimately, he struggles with this whole wow, I've been a really bad person. And then in my pursuit of revenge and what I thought was justice, I have this, you know, left this horrible wake behind me. Mm -hmm. And I do think that a lot of superheroes grapple with that as well. You know, what at what cost through all these things? I think another hero that does that a lot is Batman too. Absolutely. Where he looks back on the darkness and, I mean, he's obviously one of the, 
if we're talking about comic book characters versus Shakespeare characters, I think you have Hamlet and Batman, and they're on like the same level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like of of sort of the hierarchy of superheroes, and he sort of I mean, Batman is always battling with his mortality and the idea of of this darkness within him and how to deal with it. And a character like Hamlet does that all the time. And right. of course, like a lot of people don't get to see that side of a Hamlet during the actual play of Hamlet because he's just running around doing stuff. But in the I Am Hamlet play that I w- was blessed enough to do you get i got to discover the idea of you know the search for for redemption and forgiveness of self self forgiveness and you know god and country and then you know the love of his life ophelia as well mm-hmm. and uh i think that that's such a massive theme throughout all sorts of comic books and it's certainly in arrow as well i mean i've only seen like i said i've only seen a portion of the first season, but he's chasing after his girl the whole time too. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's very obvious. They will eventually get back together, even though I haven't seen it. Well, yeah. And they, you just said they have a kid, but well, they, they have, there's, there's flirtations. There, I'm sure there's an on and off. Yeah. I mean, that's just the, sh- how these shows go. But, um, but you know, it, and I think, you know, you bringing up Batman, you know, I've, we've had several episodes about Batman. We'll have several oh, more. Really? We'll have several more because that's, that's my favorite character. God, I love Batman. But, uh, you know, and it's interesting, Batman's a, in a similar way where um, I read, I've read i read several interviews with uh, Kevin Conroy. He's the voice of Batman. Oh, from, my God. He's such a good job. Yeah. So he he said that when he first got hired for the job or when he first auditioned, I should yeah. say, um, he his thought process was, oh, it's Batman. It's like Adam West. Yeah. So he went in thinking that. And and he said to that to the producers or whatever that you know the casting director he was like oh so this is going to be like the Adam West show and they said no 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 this is a very dark serious character his parents were murdered you know and he's, <laughs> on, and he's on a he's on I'm a- sorry that's not <laughs> funny it's just so <laughs> oh this is going to be this it's like his parents were murdered <laughs> no no this, this is, is a <laughs> dark character man did you not read the source material <laughs> but I guess I guess he never had um, he must not I mean again I feel like I. I Adam West's Batman had to have been very far removed from the co- comics, right? It wasn't simultaneous. You know, it's it's interesting because there there are a couple of episodes when he talks about his parents being murdered. Yeah. But, you know, the show was basically played for laughs. Right. And it, it, it's of its time, whatever. Um, I mean, yeah, back then that was all about shtick comedy. and Pretty much, and, yeah. And, you know. Pow, and Kazoom. It's it's funny where I, you know, uh, getting a little bit off topic, it still has its fans. I see people cosplaying yeah. nowadays, like young people cosplaying yeah. as Adam West and Burt Ward. Yeah. And it's just so interesting to me. Um, but anyway, but, you know, going back to the Kevin Conroy story, he said when, you know, they were like, oh, no, his parents were murdered and he, you know, he's fighting all these criminals and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they went on and on about the character. He said, oh, you're telling the Hamlet story. Yeah. And they all laughed and thought and said to him, nobody's ever said that to us. But it's true. Yeah. And, you know, the reality is, like I said at the top of the podcast, is that the themes of of all sort, almost every Shakespeare story are in all of it. You know what I mean? They say they do. There are a lot of people who will die on the hill of that. There has never been an, an original love story told since Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> right. Well, Romeo and Juliet is, is actually, it's not even like the best kind of, it's not the love story you should emulate. Anyway. No, but also I, just to say, cause I mean, they were talking about Shakespeare and comics. So I guess every, everything's in bounds, right? Yeah. Um, but if you listen, if you are one of those people who a never read William, Romeo and Juliet, please go read it. Or one of those people who 
were forced to read it when you were younger and have not revisited it since. Probably in high school. Yeah. Go back and look at it because, and also if you're bl- lucky enough to go see it or hear it at least, mm-hmm. because when I was in high school, I was privileged to have a teacher who said, you know, I'm tired of people having kids read Shakespeare. Shakespeare was supposed to, meant to be heard. Yes. Uh, so she played the audio recording of Macbeth for us. Oh, wow. And so we got to listen to it, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also being a 16-year-old listening about – I had pretty being put on a stake was kind of traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, go back and look – take a look at Romeo and Juliet because it's some of the most beautiful dialogue ever written about love. I mean, I – again, there's a reason why they do that balcony scene over and over and over again no matter what in – it is such a beautiful scene, and I got to see two wonderful actors in my in my Shakespearean acting class my junior year at college do the scene between Romeo and Juliet where he comes to her balcony and they see each other and then they spend the night together and the next morning. It's just the language of love is so beautiful. And, and I think that, you know, tying this to comic books too, I think that it's easier to write great dialogue and great stories when your stakes are as high as Shakespearean characters always are. Mm -hmm. And comic books do the same thing as well. And I think that's why it's so good because, I mean, how much higher stakes does it get than my, the ghost of my dead father murdered by my uncle is telling me to avenge his death. Yes. Or, my two parents were shot and killed because poverty was so terrible in Gotham City. Mm-hmm. I have to fix it. Or my father was in with all these horrible, horrible people and he died because of it. I need to go fix my city because of all of this. Yeah. Like, I mean, the stakes don't get bigger than that. Right. And that's where you have great characters. I mean, they, they say don't push. Uh, plot through characters, characters push plot. Yeah. So if you have characters and you have them in that high stakes of situation, you don't have to make up plot. It just happens right. because the characters are, are so driven. Right. And it's it's great with in, in in those themes and especially, you know, like we said a little bit ago, like all almost all Shakespeare is all about, you know, some sort of dysfunctional family, you know, in, in some way, shape or form. And and comic books have that in spades, right? You know, in spades. <laughs> I mean, every you know, almost every hero has witnessed a mother or father be murdered. Yep. And <laughs> and uh, you have all these, uh, or both in some cases, you know, or you have um, characters, you. Know, but then you have the villains who, you know, maybe just came from a hardship of yeah. some sort, and and they grow up and where the heroes say I'm taking this tragedy and using it as strength to do good the villains say I'm taking this tragedy and using a strength to do evil and that's another reason why comics are so good is because well because their villains are rich too yeah and 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 that's where and that's why they're good for young kids because they teach them the lesson of you're going to go through pain and sorrow but how yeah. you deal with it is always what makes you you. It's never your circumstances that define you. It's how you respond to them. Right. And I think that's a beautiful point. And I think that that is very Shakespearean too. You think about some of the greatest Shakespearean villains of all time, Iago and Othello. Yeah. Iago has every reason to hate Othello. All right. And Othello is a, a great person. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I just, 
if my Shakespeare chaser ever listens to this podcast and thinks, Adam, you have better adjectives than great person for Othello. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like, I mean, like, Iago he, has... He e- is good. He's very good. <laughs> Iago has every reason in the world to hate Othello. Mm-hmm. But he does the wrong... I mean, I'll, he's one of the most brilliant villains ever written. I mean, to just see him totally dismantle a man mentally is incredible. Right. But... He has the the reasoning for it. And then we, you want to talk about recent events, the Joker film too. You sit there and you say, I don't blame him for what he ended up being. Right. I understand that everything he did at the end was terribly wrong right. and not the answer. Right. But you look at it and you think, well, yeah, I, I would have had the thoughts and urges to do all that shenanigans as well. It's, you know, it's, it's scary that we, you know, we actually did, uh, uh, our friend Jesse and then my friend yeah. Corey, we we recorded about it, which you know you probably about Joker, yeah, about Joker. Oh, that's awesome. We talked about how it it, it is. It's very human. We have all of that within us. Yeah, and I think that you know it was it was nice seeing your version of Hamlet because it's sort of quote unquote broken down into layman's terms. Yeah, you know, where it's like, well, here's because you're literally playing Hamlet, Hamlet going. All right, well, let me tell you the real story. It's very educational. It, it is, but it's also you know. I I loved – I was more surprised because I expected it to be – I mean, it was funny, but I expected it to be funny. to be a comedy <laughs> yeah. where it was – you know, it wasn't just that. It yeah. had much more to it. And, you know, it's like, well, here's why I did this. Here's what I was thinking here. And I was like, this is clearly written by someone that loves Hamlet. Well, we – so Elena – Manchester and the direct, she's the director, and I. Um, she's amazing, by the way. Wonderful, wonderful human being. Doubt mm-hmm. she's listening to this podcast. Probably but if, not. But if you are, <laughs> I love you. But we sort of broke it down and realized that, you know, the person who wrote I Am Hamlet definitely played Hamlet at some point. Is a Hamlet just, nerd. <laughs> he, he definitely played Hamlet at one point mm-hmm. and is a Shakespearean professor. He has oh, yeah. that kind of knowledge of not only the characters but just the construction of Shakespeare sure. and to be able to pull the certain scenes out that he did that I ended up having to perform um, just in such a smart way even though he just you know picked all the iconic scenes and then a couple other ones. But mm-hmm. just – I mean I could go on for that play for forever. I did so much work <laughs> for that show. But well, I'm sure. you know, I, I think that that – Pardon me, excuse me. Talking about the the comedy in it, but also the just deep tragedy as well. Did you when did you, did you see it? The the first performance or the Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday? I don't remember because I remember in Monday's performance, I was sobbing at the end of the show, and uh, during like the character Hamlet was sobbing. Raise knees, I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> Bless you. You cut that out in post. <laughs> um, I leave everything. Yeah, in. right. Um, but so just. I think that that is something that Shakespeare does amazing and that comic books do amazing as well to sort of make that parallel as well is that there's comedy everywhere in life and finding the humor and things. I don't always just mean the humor and the ha 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 good joke, but just there's humor and irony every second of every day. And it may not be something that you laugh out loud at, but it's something that you look at and you're like, that that is kind of funny, you know? And I think that that's something that, you know, being able to do I Am Hamlet was really smart because it's a very intense subject matter. We just talked about how the stakes could not be higher. 
but that's also what makes jokes really funny too. When the stakes are so, I mean, I, you know, I know you just had the episode about the Joker, but we're talking about Joker movie. What in the scene where he murders that guy, was smashing his head against the wall, yeah. and his friend can't reach the lock. Yeah, the, yeah, the little person can't reach the lock. It's just it was so, and it was so bad. But I, we're all we're all laughing. I burst out laughing, and everybody in the theater looked at me like I was crazy, and I was like, yeah. "But this is what what life is. There is there is." unbelievable comedy within tragedy and mm-hmm. that is Shakespeare and that is comic books and we talked about it with Marvel where they're, they've been so great at their quips and their comedy but then they hit you with those moments of I am Iron Man snap everybody cries their eyes out it's right. so cool but and then I you know I'm talking about bringing it back to what I was initially saying about I am Hamlet is that he spends this whole play pleading with people to like him and being like hey I'm not a bad guy I just made mistakes and then at the end Ophelia shows up and then he just Niagara Falls he starts crying because it's all he ever wanted was just her to know that he loved her so much right and her and she needed him to know yeah I loved you too but you're the reason why I'm not here so it's just like there's unbelievable tragedy in that but then there's of course comedy mixed out through everything and I think that that's why people will always do Shakespeare and see Shakespeare and that people will always do do whether it's film, television, comic book, you know, graphic novel, whatever about superheroes because it's just it, it it mirrors everyday life so amazingly in a way that's ironic because they're not everyday people. <laughs> well, the, the, and that's this is the thing that I love most about about fiction in general is you can um, you can take any topic and if you mask it in quote unquote the supernatural. You can really tell a great story and the audience will sit there and eat it up and then afterwards go, oh, wait, that also relates to my life, you know, and and Hamlet, you know, obviously is a guy who he was in he was in war. He was exiled. Well, Hamlet was exiled. Hamlet gets sent off to England after he kills Polonius. Okay, which is Claudius's right hand man. Right. He kills Polonius, quote unquote, accidentally. There are a lot of people who think he did it on purpose. I think it was accidental. And then Claudius sends him off to England. He gets exiled and then comes back and fights Laertes, and twelve people die. And another arrow. Adam theme. lost ten pounds because he had to kill himself seven times in a row. <laughs> You're also it's July in in the Listen, park. Listen, I was gonna say it, so. The we did it. The I think it was Friday or Saturday was the one day in July, and it wasn't a show, it was a, a dress rehearsal. Mm-hmm. It's like Friday or Saturday, the temperature was 98 and the heat index was like 112. Uh-huh. And she was like, do you really want to do it? I was like, I have to do it. Like I need to, like, I need to know, because I had never done it full out, full costume, full lights, everything before, off book, not calling, like I had never done it before. Right. This is two days before we open. Right. And I was like, I have to do it. I have to know that I'm capable of doing it. And I did it in that heat index and I almost passed out three or four times because it was sure. so hot. And then afterwards, uh, we were supposed to have rehearsal that Saturday and we had an invited dress on Sunday and she was like, she was like, do you need Saturday? It's like, no, now that I know, I said, now that I know I could do it through that, I could do it through anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that that's kind of off topic, but just, no, no, no. I like just, again, like I said, if you're doing something in the, in super circumstances, I was like, I know I could do it no matter what now. Yeah. Cause I, if I can make it through that. And she, she did say, um, so you know, do you follow boxing at all? Not really. No. So, well, I mean, boxers, 
uh, before a fight, the day before they like carb up, but the day of they drink like two gallons of water during the beginning of the day Mm -hmm. and then they stop like midday and then. So that when you box later on, you don't get as dehydrated and you don't sweat as much because you, you're – even though you probably peed most of it out, sure. <laughs> your body retains a lot of that that water. And yeah, so yeah. – and one of one of my favorite books there, it's called The Power of One. It's about this this boxer. And uh, there's a there, – and then one of the first couple chapters is him uh, being sort of the towel boy for this boxer. And he was like mm-hmm. – the boxer was like, you make me drink a glass of water every half hour. And he said, no matter how many times I tell you I, I'm not thirsty, make me drink it. Yeah. And so I, that's what I did for I Am Hamlet. I drank like two gallons of water during the day. I mean, I, I had to pee so much. <laughs> but then you get to showtime and it's and you don't have to anymore. And then like you're hot and like you do sweat a little bit. But for the most part, I really did not overheat because I had retained all that water to, to regulate my my body temperature. Oh, yeah. So that, yeah, that's smart. I probably... I mean, maybe I would have thought of it, but see, another reason why you should have been cast because she would have been like, do you want to do this? I'd be like, no, I don't. I'm going to go home and drink five beers instead, which would have been the opposite. I'm not much of a beer drinker, but (laughs) I do owe part of that performance to you pick six tap house though because I would go to there right after work for their happy hour and Mm -hmm. drink like a couple ciders and run through my lines and stuff. Nice. (laughs) Shout out. I I can't, I can't, uh, I can't, uh. If I'm trying to memorize lines, I can't be anywhere but home. Really? Yeah. Or or at at, at the stage or wherever, rehearsal hall. I can't do it. I don't know why. It's I just... can't. I can see. I can't be at home. Mm-hmm. If I'm at home, I'll find something that, that will distract me. I have to be like walking somewhere or find like maybe a library or or especially the stage. But one of my favorite things to do and something that I did for I Am Hamlet was I just recorded all my lines and I would just walk out through the rest of my day. Headphones in, listening to myself. Yeah, that's what Jesse had said. That I've never done that, but Jesse and uh, you know, you know Steve too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's not been on the podcast. I'm not certain he could keep the swearing to a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, I love Steve. But uh, but he said the same thing. He's like, oh, I just I just you know I'm at work and I'm just listening yep. to my my myself talk. It works a lot like, better than you think. That I mean, you ha- there's a there's a there's a level of subconscious to it where you're not actively trying to li- to memorize stuff. Sure. But there's also a level of when you're actively listening and you're like kind of seeing how you want to perform it, mm-hmm. it ties it to your body. And that's, I mean, that's, it really helped for I Am Hamlet because I have these huge chunks of dialogue. Well, you know, and you're the only, with the exception of. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you call it dialogue if I'm the only one on stage. Well, yeah. <laughs> with the exception of uh, uh, Rebecca showing up at the yeah. end, you know, you're literally the only one talking and it's. <sighs> There were times where I forgot that, though. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the key to a show like that is that you have to forget that you're the only one on stage. And it's something we worked on a lot, Elena and I, mm-hmm. is that really I have to believe there's somebody there. Like yeah. sort of astro projection when I leave part of my body to go and be the other character. I have to see that there's another actor there. It just so happens to have been me 30 yeah. seconds ago. <laughs> I, I get that. I've, I've done that in shows where it, it's like I'm looking at the audience and I see people I know. Yeah. But if the, And so I think that. I'm like, oh, he's here. She's here. They're here. Um, but in my – but I'm still saying the lines. I'm still in character. But it's like the character takes over for a second. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I, I found very interesting and that I – a hundred percent agree with. I listened to an interview with Stephen Amell, you know, who plays Oliver Queen. Mm-hmm. He said that um, he, even if they're just shooting him from like the waist up or it's a close up or whatever, he has to be in full costume as either Oliver Queen or Green Arrow. That's cool because he can't 
it's like he can't, he can't stay in character if he's not in full costume. And I, I respected that. And I was like, I, I'm like that too. Like, I mean, rehearsals are one thing, but for performing, um, and even when the, you know, I've only done a couple of like movies here and there, but, um, there is, there is one where I'm, I'm tied up, you know, and it's like, oh, should we untie you? It's like, well, I, I kind of get out of character, you know, like it's more of a close up. Like, no, I'll stay tied up because it helps me stay in character. I think I really, I really respect that actually mm-hmm. because I, this, it always happens to me and I didn't start noticing it until college because, you know, I didn't really take the, the craft of acting very seriously until then. Mm-hmm. But, when you add that the costume, it adds a layer to your performance that you don't really realize, right. you know, because I – and it happened with Hamlet too. I mean the second that I put on those long boots mm-hmm. and that, that uh, you know, tie-up laced shirt, I was like, oh, that's right. I'm Hamlet. Right. Um, I am Hamlet. Oh, my God. Exactly. I get it. I mean, <laughs> but if, if I had a dollar the amount of times I've made that joke. <laughs> I, I, my other favorite one was whenever – we would change a rehearsal or whatever, like when I went to the cast party or whatever. I was like, yeah. So I got everybody from the I Am Hamlet cast to, to be on board with this. It was it was tough, but we're here. We're, we're all here for the cast party. <laughs> I was like, I said, we went to the cast party, but one of us had to stay sober because they had to drive the rest of us home. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, again, I, I totally respect that about him. And I, I do feel I'm a similar way that when that costume's on, you just it's, it's a so flip the switch. Yeah. I think, you know, one of my one of the best examples of that in superhero ishness world or whatever is uh, is Spider-Man. Yeah. He's he's one that when he puts the mask on, he can almost a different person. Yeah. Or or, you know, on the flip side of that, he's more himself than ever. Yeah. Well, and that it's interesting that you say that because it's also tied to Batman, too, mm-hmm. is that there there are story arcs where like. What is it? Is it the darkest night or what's the? It's in Arkham Asylum in the Arkham games, where in the last one, it's like the what you call it protocol. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the I think it's called the the Nightmare Protocol. Was that right? Nightmare or something? Where where they blow up the mansion? It looks oh, like yeah, Bruce yeah. Wayne dies. It's like Bruce Wayne is dead. It's Batman now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, Batman lives on. That's, that's which is that's <laughs> you know that's something that Kevin Conroy tapped into was that for him. You know, he did the voice. Did he do the voice for that? He did for the all the, for the games for the for the three main games. Because I know that I know that Mark Hamill did the Joker. for yeah, those. Yep. And the only ones they did, the only one they didn't do was uh, Origins. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was like a different studio too. Which isn't as good of a game, but regardless. Oh, whatever. But <laughs> but the um, what was I going to say? Uh, but Kevin Garner was like the first one to really tap into that to say, you know, okay, so Batman is the person. Bruce Wayne is the disguise. Yeah, and, the people say that all the time. And and it's I think there's there's truth to that, especially the way he performed it. Like, you know, when you watch the show, when you watch the anime series, you know, when he's Bruce Wayne around people who know his secret, he's talks like Batman. But if he's around but somebody else walks in, you know, he's he's like, Oh hey, I'm Bruce Wayne again, you know. Um, oh, it's you that's know, kinda cool. It, it, it is. It's uh I like that. It and I I don't know that that was something I always admired about about his performance. Yeah. Um, and the only time that it's not like that is when he was old Bruce Wayne in Batman Beyond. He just didn't give a crap anymore. <laughs> I remember Batman, not like very vividly, but I do remember when I was a kid. Batman, I, I was younger when because Batman Beyond started in the late. It was ninety nine. Late night. I was gonna say it was late nineties, early two thousands. Because I used to 
I didn't have cable back then in my house, so I used to spend mm-hmm. the night at my grandmother's on Friday nights to watch Saturday morning cartoons, and Batman Beyond was one of those things yeah. I loved to watch. Yep. Um, and I just loved the idea of like old Batman. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, the I I think that this, you know, the whole Batman persona, you know, is is very Shakespearean. You know, like is that Damian Wayne, right? Uh, Who becomes Batman Beyond, right? No, it's a. No. Uh, it's uh, Terry McGinnis. Damian Wayne is uh, his son in the comic books. But does it, so they're not in the same universe. No. Well, I mean, I get I, technically now they are. It's so convoluted. But like, there's there is Batman Beyond in the future. It's Terry McGinnis. But okay. then there's alternate universes where Damian is Batman. Okay. Uh, or storylines or whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it. You know, it's very much a story of living up to your father's legacy. Yeah. I mean, Batman Begins. That's pretty much the theme throughout the whole film. Yeah. Is is you know, your father left all this behind, and he just said, "I don't care," and it's like you should care. Well, that's uh, one of the best lines. Of the, Batman Beyond or Batman Begins is one of the is is such an underrated film because the Dark Knight was so brilliant. Yes. It gets overlooked, but it's such a great movie. And the idea of living up to the legacy is brings forth one of the be- most beautiful moments of the film where, you know, he comes back as young Bruce Wayne about for the trial and everything. And then, you know, his, you know, Alfred's yelling at him and he's like, I'm going to tear the whole thing down brick by brick. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he's like, I'm going to rebuild it just the way it was, brick for brick. Yeah. And it's just – but then Alfred has the – the better he's like, just the way it was, sir. So it's like – so even though it's like a funny little smirky joke, yeah. but then it's the reality of, yeah, you want – you have the foundation of your family's legacy and, and who they were. And whether that's good or bad, mm-hmm. that's the foundation where you will build your legacy upon. Yeah. And you can build it the same way, brick for brick, or you can do it – your own way and make it better and, and and that's that's at the core of of Shakespeare it's the core of of superheroes and just good people you know yeah. finding where that where you start from and go where do you go from there when you build on top of that yeah and I think that you know obviously that's what arrows all about right but it's what a lot of superheroes are also about and you know Especially in I Am Hamlet, that Hamlet is grappling with the whole idea that, you know, maybe my dad wasn't that great of a person and my uncle is certainly not that great of a person. Yeah. But I let that turn me into this rage, revenge monster and mm. I became not that great of a person. Too. Right. There, there's a great line in a I, – I guess you, you may not have seen it in a later Probably episode. Probably not. <laughs> later episode of season one of Arrow when um, – you know, Tommy and, and Oliver go to dinner and he's talking and Tommy's talking about how his his dad is so cold and he can't relate to him. And he loved the times that he was at the Queen Mansion and he spent time with Oliver and his dad. And, and Oliver says, yeah, but my dad wasn't great. My dad made mistakes, too. And he was like, and you your dad is still your dad. You know, you you got to you have to respect that. And. And that, that struck a chord with me, you know, personally, just being, you know, having, you know, issues with my dad in general. Okay. But, um, but also just it, it, there's, there's a lot of truth to that. Like, okay, like, yeah, maybe we don't get along. Maybe there's, there's friction here. Um, you know, maybe you sent me on a revenge mission to kill everybody. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I mean, I, I can't relate to that part, but, <laughs> but, you know, it, but, but at some level, <laughs> but there's, but there yeah. is, you know, because, as a parent, 
you have expectations for your child. You know, I certainly have expectations for my daughter. Yeah. Although I try, I'm very cognizant of trying not to and not if like her growing up, I don't want her, you know, she's only six months old, so she can't really do anything. But <laughs> so I don't want, but I don't want to be like, you know, well, you know, because my dad was like, well, you know, you should do sports. And I did sports and I hated it, Yeah. you know, and it wasn't until he, he was like, well, you know, you like doing voices and joking around and doing and acting and stuff. Why don't you try out for theater? Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing that and I ended up loving it. Um, but I think there were expectations he had of me that I didn't live up to for whatever reason, just because I'm not the same kind of person he is. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, you know, we, we all have that with our parents. And I think that's why, again, at the core of Shakespearean stories and superhero origins is that but the stakes are just dialed up to like 100. And that's why mm-hmm. at times people think that it's so far away. But the reality is these people are just you and yeah. I. And, you know, they in Shakespeare class, they make us read this book called Shakespeare Alive. Mm-hmm. It's a very good book. I recommend it. But it talks about what Shakespeare was like in their time. Mm-hmm. And then through reading it, you just realize how truly connected we all still are to those people. Right. That they're still us, you yeah. know. And that's why a lot of people struggle with performing Shakespeare and performing classical theater because they think these people are just so different from them. I'm like, yeah, so maybe they wear different clothes or maybe they don't aren't checking Twitter every five minutes. Right. But they're the same people. Mm-hmm. They, they, they are you. They go through the same things you do that just sort of – I don't even want to say different circumstances. They're the same circumstances, just different variables around it. Yeah. The, the way I always like to describe it, and I think this is – is that I feel like that, you know, when people say Marvel versus DC, yada, yada, I think they're all f- full of it because. Well, I didn't really it, love Marvel that much until. The movies. The I'm movie. Sure. I mean, like, I was yeah. Spider-Man was one of my favorite superheroes growing up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Always. But other than that, I mean, I really, there really aren't any other Marvel superheroes that I was like, oh, I really loved him growing up. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I liked I liked the Hulk growing up. Like, he was one of my favorites. Well, I didn't know a lot about the Hulk. I mean, like, I loved the X-Men. Mm-hmm. I really did. And, like, Wolverine has always been a huge character because Wolverine's notoriously, like, especially when uh, uh, Hugh Jackman took over the role because he's a shorter guy. Yeah. And or, or, hold on, hold on. No, no. Is it that Hugh Jackman's tall? Hugh, Hugh Jackman's tall. Right, and, and Wolverine's really supposed short. to be short. Yeah. So, that's, so I, I said it the incorrect way. But... Um, I always loved Wolverine because I've been short my whole life. Yeah. So t- the idea of, oh, this guy is like th- one of the strongest superheroes ever and he's just like a little short guy. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's a little bit of a tangent. But, you know, <laughs> like I never really paid attention to, to Marvel at all. It was definitely DC, but well, the, who we're talking about. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, that's all right. No, the, the way I always describe it is that, you know, like like you were saying, like these people are us. I'm like, the thing is that it's very interesting is I think that if you really look at it, the DC characters are very much superheroes trying to be people. And the Marvel characters are people trying to be superheroes. That's interesting. That's, that is reading the comics. That's how I've always seen it. That's and actually, that's pretty fascinating. It, it is. It, it gets, you huh. really get into the heart of them. Um, do you think that that's why DC has had such a tough time translating to film and television because people watching look at it and think, why don't you want to be a superhero? <laughs> no, I, I, I think the <clears throat> I, more than anything, the biggest problem with the 
the movies yeah. is is Warner Brothers itself. Like they, I, I thousand percent agree. They just, I they thousand just, percent agree. They just get in their way because when, when you know, I know Man of Steel was divisive, but I loved Man of Steel. It was okay. I loved. Um, I enjoyed Man of Steel because I don't like Superman at all. Oh, okay. I hate Superman. Oh. But I enjoy the movie. But – Superman uh, – okay, listen. Hold on. Can more. we go down this rabbit hole for a second? Just for a second, yeah. <laughs> Why do you like Superman? I I like that he is a, a good person. He has all the power in the world, but all he wants is to inspire us to be as good as he is. Okay. That's all well and good. Wonderful. Sure. So wholesome. <laughs> I don't like a character who's basically unbeatable. That's, he's basically unbeatable, and that drives me nuts. That's why I love Batman because he's just a man yeah. doing all this amazing things. Superman is basically a god, and the only way you could kill him is by one rock from his home planet. <laughs> it's not a renewable resource, people. Well, there is that, yeah. <laughs> but I think that getting to the heart of the character and there's – you know, he's more of a – when you have like a character like – the Joker, he can get under your skin because yeah. that he can, he could get to Superman. You know what I mean? Because he you may not, so? he may not be able to beat you him. Think he could? He may not be able to beat him, but he can defeat him. You know what I mean? Okay. So, but that's you know, again, we could go for. Uh, again, I mean, I like, I like, I like the Batman. There are really only two DC films that I think are great. Oh, which ones? I was waiting. I was just assuming you were going to guess. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I would say you'd say. Dark Knight. Oh, well, I'm not including those. Oh, okay. Oh, then... Okay, I'd say Joker. Oh, I. you know what? I guess that is DC. No, it's three. There's three. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm guessing you didn't like Suicide Squad, or did you? No, I did not. Okay. Uh, what about Batman Superman? No. Okay. I did like Batman Superman. Um, I'm like blanking now. Wonder Woman. Yes. And Shazam. Yes. All right. I think they're they're brilliant. I think they're so good. But I'm also a huge Zach Levi fan. Oh, I love Zach Chuck Levi. is one of my favorite TV shows ever. The show's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I just I think it's so well written. But um, yeah, I think that uh, I I didn't know anything about Shazam. Yeah. Like or at least very little. I knew some about it. Mm-hmm. But because I used to be a real big Justice League fan when I was a kid, I would read, and they used to have the. A, Justice League TV show mm-hmm. uh, that I would watch when I was younger, but uh, he's only in like one or two episodes. Right, he's uh, not in a lot. Um, the uh, uh, the Martian Manhunter is in a lot, and I really loved him. Yeah, um, but uh, I didn't know anything about the character. They just handled it so well. Yeah, and I think that the idea of having a superhero from you know a a, a group home is really cool. Yeah. My, I think they handle that subject matter really well. I, I read a Twitter thread about it, about a woman who said she, she wrote, uh, wrote, writes comic books that when she watched the film, it just made her cry and cry because that they handled it so beautifully. They they really did. My my nephews, um, they're from, they were actually from, uh, first they were fostered by my sister oh, and, yeah? and her wife. And now they're, they, That's they, cool. they legally adopted them three three and a half years ago now um but they fostered for about a year and a half maybe two years um and it's uh you know and and i went to that movie and i texted her afterwards and you know she's a big comic book fan too I was oh like, yeah i was like you you and you know you and your wife need to make a day of this, yeah. ma- ma- have a date night because i think you'd really it's take- such it's just such a good film and it, yeah. it's it's funny it's fun it it pulls at your heartstrings and then just gives you that pow at the end too yeah and i and i just it uh, literally so I've always if I'm ever blessed enough to find somebody 
who who loves me and wants to marry me. Yeah. <laughs> and then blessed it, it twofold to have children with them. I do think I want to foster slash adopt children, especially. Oh, yeah. And I've always kind of thought that, but seeing that movie really kind of solidified it to me to like see these people who who really need figures in their lives. Mm-hmm. They may not know that or think they or want it, but do need. I just I this is really beautiful. And there's and of course Wonder Woman is just almost a perfect film. Yeah, she's <laughs> and, and and Gal and similar <laughs> similar to to Downey with Iron Man. I think Gal Gadot totally carries that film. And, oh, she crushed it. And and the one of the I didn't realize this till I read a review of it afterwards was that one of the great things about Wonder Woman is uh, Chris Pine's character in particular. He never ever talks down to her. Nope. He, he never treats her inferior, and but he also doesn't treat her superior. No, nope. and and what's beautiful about Wonder Woman as a film is because is that you know he's an important character, but he is used to accentuate the greatness of Wonder Woman. Yeah. Whereas in a lot of films, when you have female characters, uh, I'm looking. I'm I'm actually looking at Avengers Endgame, which I was a little upset about the whole. Hawkeye, Black Widow scene. Like mm. I was very upset that she was the one who had to die to sort of, you know, avenge the sins of Hawkeye. I felt like it should have been Hawkeye who was like, I've become this terrible person. It's my turn to avenge. I'm sacrificing myself. I agree. But again, that that happens in films all the time where where the woman is used as the tool to make the man look better. But in Wonder Woman, he was used to make her look better, and that's why it was so great. This There's a term you may not be familiar with. Uh, it's called women in refrigerators. Uh, no, never never okay. heard of that. Okay, it's a comic book term coined by uh, Gail Simone, who's a big uh, uh, comic book writer. Gail Simone? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she's she's a, a fantastic writer. Okay. She said, because there's an issue of Green Lantern years and years ago from like the mid-'90s where the hero's girlfriend was – murdered and shoved into a refrigerator and the reason and the reason she calls it this is because it's a cat it's it's it happens all too often in media where the woman's death is meant to propel the hero mm-hmm. into heroic action you see with superman too with lois lane well i mean well in the first movie you know he she dies and he spins around the world or well, not even death but legitimately <laughs> like i know that i know when lois like characters like lois lane when they're used correctly are, are used see even then even then they're being used as a tool to humanize superman mm-hmm. to motivate superman and then at times to even make superman bad because of this fear that something will happen to, to a lois lane you know what i mean so yeah even then it's kind of like ooh, like even though lois lane's an amazing character mm-hmm. it, then you look at a movie like wonder woman where it's like she is not used for a damn thing she is can i said damn that's fine <laughs> but she is not used for Anything other than she's the hero. Yeah. You know what I mean? She is the one and everybody else is supporting her. And that's why it's so great. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went on yeah. a tangent of feminism. <laughs> I've been known to do that from time to time. Uh, you know, we, we have, I, I'm actually going to yeah, have another episode with a friend of mine. We're going to talk about Harley Quinn and how Ooh, Har- interesting. And uh, Harley, I think, has become such an amazing character where she was basically just the Joker's girlfriend for the longest time. Yeah. And then, and now she's, kind of a feminist icon she's overcome trauma and abuse and she's you know making be, it i'd be interested to see birds of prey yeah i i there. think that's that's the way birds of prey is gonna go well i mean margot robbie is just such a phenomenal actor yeah oh my goodness everything i've seen her in is like hit it out of the park yeah so and i mean even even so she's the best part of suicide squad 100 percent. yeah 
Although I, I really loved Will Smith Deadshot. I really yeah, loved it. I, I thought I was going to hate it. I'm so <laughs> I'm so bummed that I feel like Will Smith's career seems to be in a slump. Yeah, when, a little bit. <laughs> when, you know, he was like he's, my He's fantastic. He's he was one of my favorite actors when I was a kid, you know. And he still is he's still a good actor in the things no, he's he in. Is. It's just a, he's in a lot of duds lately it's for a terrible movies like Gemini Man who wants to see that. I don't I, It looks I don't terrible. Know. The special effects look good. I'm sure they're fine, but <laughs> I don't care. It's such a terrible <laughs> idea. Let's have a, a much older actor play his younger self. Why? Why? I don't know. The only reason they want to do that is so they could bill Will Smith as one, one and two in yeah. their film. So they can have Will Smith now and the Fresh Prince from the... <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> um, well, Adam, this has been really great. Uh, uh, yes. So, you know, we you know we came here to talk about Shakespeare, and we did a lot, and then we went off on our own tangents. I, I could have, I, I, you know, I should have, I could have warned you that that would probably happen. Well, but, you know, at least, at least you didn't, like, you know, steamroll the conversation. So. I, I tried. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> I tried, man. You just kept talking. Um, so, Adam, if people want to find you where, online, where can they yeah, find you? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter if you want, at Adam underscore J underscore Rossi. Right now it's mostly sports tweets because uh, football's in season and mm-hmm. basketball opens up when, well, you know, this won't be released for a little bit, but the day we're recording it is opening day of the basketball season. Nice, so. nice, yeah. But uh, I'm also on Instagram, Adam Jeffrey Rossi, but me and my best friend Josh do have a football podcast. It's Simultaneous Catch. It's all football every week. Right now we're in season, so there's a lot to talk about. We mm-hmm. kind of rev it down in the off season, but we do a lot of off season stuff like we do live stream of the of the NFL draft and we do a mock draft and, and things like that. I think our, our content is very good. We're working on improving audio and stuff like that. But if you want to check us out on that, we're at Simult Catch on Twitter um, and just simultaneous catch on Facebook and people can post questions and stuff. But we're on Spotify and iTunes and Podbean as well. But I think it's a pretty good podcast. I just I think that we try to improve our listenership. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and as of this recording, we're you know, about to premiere the first four Comic Junkies podcast. Yeah, I'm got, excited about that. We got a bunch of <clears throat> bunch of ones in the bag. Jeff, Jeff, fun today? Yeah, I, like I said, I, 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 tr- <laughs> I, I, my thought process was I knew we were going to talk not so much about the, but as long as we stood on comics and Shakespeare, I feel like we were right. Fine. Yeah. Uh, but again, I, I love, love both things so much. So yeah. you know. Anytime you need another guy to come back, oh, I, I love just nerding out about superheroes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we'll de- we'll definitely have you back. This has been great. Let me know when you talk about Daredevil because that's my super. That, that's my favorite superhero. That's that's one Jesse and I talked about. Yeah. So we're we well, have- and I would love to be on with Jesse too because we geek out about it all the time. Oh the yeah, series, which was yeah. canceled. It makes me so sad. Um, yeah. But it's my favorite superhero. I love him because yeah. I'm just another pent-up Catholic boy who wants to save the world, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh. You'd love my friend Corey, too. He's the same way. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. And we are signing off now.